I invite you to turn your Bibles tonight to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. We have spent several weeks sharing primarily what we would call more unfamiliar characters of the Bible. And I said in the beginning that that we might go into some more familiar ones, and we did so last week. We talked about Jonah, and he's much more familiar than those we shared before. And now tonight, one even more familiar is Peter. Man, there is just something about Peter that we remember. We remember everything about him, it seems like. Uh, You know... You ask someone who denied the Lord three times, and and right there, it just everyone knows that it was Peter, and you know he was rounded up by the Lord on the Sea of Galilee, and then and then he's the one who said that he's going back to fishing, and Jesus taught him some lessons there, and uh, he's the one who told Jesus he didn't have to go to the cross, and and so Jesus had to tell Peter, get thee hence, Satan. He he really stepped out, and he was he acted on impulse and spoke on impulse so much. And in some ways it was negative, but in other ways, when when Jesus asked, you know, he asked, "Who do men say that I am?" Then he said, "Who do you say that I am?" It was Peter who spoke out and said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God," and. And Jesus basically said, you're, you're not smart enough to know that, Peter. Heaven revealed that to you, to be able to say that. And, you know, and we could go into uh, the three times that, that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Then uh, feed my sheep. And he pastored the first church. The, the sermon that he preached and 3,000 were saved. There are so, there are so many events of Peter that we've talked about, and I've preached some sermons on Peter. I have taught on him in Sunday school, but I have never expounded on this event where we are tonight. I, there was no sense in looking at any notes of, of any sermons I preached before on Peter because I've, I've just never camped out here, and I, I've preached from these verses before, but the focus was never Peter. But we're going to go ahead and read here where, of course, Jesus walks on the water. But, and as we know, Peter did also. We we talk about it, we mention that, but but we just don't uh, focus on him in this event much. So let us read Matthew 14, 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea... They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Well, there, there are some things about this event that we do not know of in detail. And it seems like there is the temptation to talk about the maybes and the what-ifs here. And so as a general rule, it is best to stick with this overall event than to dissect it down and to just talk about Peter to consider that they are in a storm, that Jesus sent them into a storm, that they were fearful, but they were to exercise faith. We see their lack of trust and their need for faith. And, and again, I've never looked to expound on any smaller detail than that in this event. But, but we're going to try and do that tonight. And, and why not? Because the only other person who ever walked on the water, aside from Jesus, was Peter. If it was, maybe it was short-lived as it was. But why not talk about it? Peter requests to be able to walk to Jesus on the water. And, and we make reference to it. We've talked about that uh, ju just in passing. But you know, there ought to be something to this to focus on Peter in it that will help us with our faith. So, so of course, as you, you know how most of this goes... We see that a dozen disciples were sent out by Jesus into a storm, uh, knowing that a storm was coming on this body of water, on this sea. It's a, it's a sea, but it's a small sea. This sea is about uh, six miles wide, and it's about 13 miles long, and it's about 700 feet below sea level in the midst of the mountains. And it was common that storms would swoop down through this sea from time to time. And Jesus, knowing that there was a storm here, sent them right out in the middle of this storm. I mean, it's about 3 a.m. in the morning now, and they are about smack dab in the middle of this sea when they hit this storm. There's three miles behind them, three miles ahead, about six and a half miles to the left and six and a half miles to the right. And here they are now in this storm. They are in danger. They are trying to fight the storm. They are rowing like crazy, you can imagine. They are getting nowhere. And so we can, what we can safely imagine here is that there's a lot of fatigue going on. 
There's some stress happening. There's some discouragement going on with the disciples. There's terror, you can say. And you know that there is a longing for them to have the one there who sent them out there, and that is Jesus. And that is exactly who comes to them. The disciples are out in this storm, and it's Jesus who comes to them walking on the water. The first reaction of the disciples is even more terror because they don't know it's Jesus yet. They, they think that they are seeing a ghost as someone is walking from wave to wave to them. So this has added to their fright. So as we consider this event, we can definitely look at fear. Because fear is present. The disciples are afraid. But Jesus quickly calms their fears by saying, It is I, be not afraid. Have you ever stopped to think about how much of the Bible is written to our fears? How many times does the Bible say, fear not, fret not? That makes you think about our Lord and Savior and, and what he is able and desiring to do in the lives of his children. He is looking to calm our fears. Fears always arise in us, and Jesus is the calmer of all of our fears. Remember that every time you get fearful, every time it starts to arise in you, you have a Lord and Savior who calms your fears. Our fears are calmed by the Lord. As we look in this event, we see that fears are calmed by the Lord because of his presence. There is an immediate effect upon Peter at the presence of the Lord Jesus here. He goes from scared to death in the boat because of the storm with now a desire to get out of the boat. The storm's still going on, you understand, and he has a desire to get out and to go to Jesus. He instantly goes from doubting to believing. He goes from despair to hope. I mean, you probably couldn't have got Peter out of that boat before Jesus was there. The same way you can't get a cat into a bathtub. You know, he was probably holding on to the oar, holding on to the boat, holding on to another disciple, and you wouldn't be able to get him out of there. But all of a sudden, the presence of Jesus is there, and now he is requesting to him that he come out of that boat and go to him. I've heard people who are unbelievers say, that in order for them to believe, or, or if they would have been living in Jesus' day, and they would have seen him, they would believe. Show me a sign, people have said. Show me a sign, show me somebody, show me him, and I will believe. They, they had the physical presence of, these, of Jesus there, but you understand today that the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has him indwelling Within, we have the indwelling presence of Christ, 
by way of the Holy Spirit in our lives to calm our fears. You know, it's, it seems to be always part of my prayers for others. If I'm at the hospital with someone before a surgery or uh, at the hospital with someone maybe before someone is expected to pass away or after, it, it, I just recall that, that in my prayers I, I pray for the, for the special presence of God to be made known in a special way to their heart because the presence of the Lord is very comforting to our lives. It's the apparent sensed presence of the Lord that helps us with our fears. We go with him. We take him with us everywhere we go. He's living inside us, and his presence helps us. But also, there's not just uh, because of his presence that fears can be calmed, but because of possibility. Jesus inspires possibility. Because of Christ, what was impossible for Peter before he got there was now something that Peter thought was possible. He inspired possibility in Peter. And he does the same thing in all of his children who will look to him in that way. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. I tell you what, if that doesn't help to calm our fears, I don't know what will. And concerning Peter here, people are much harder on Peter in this event than, than I am, I reckon. I, I, I believe it pleased the Lord that the impossible was considered possible with Peter when he, the Lord, showed up to him. Fears are calmed not only by the presence of the Lord and possibility, but positivity. Peter says, bid me to walk on the water to you, is what, is what he says to him. And Jesus doesn't say to him, that's foolish. Jesus doesn't say to him, do you see any of the other disciples trying to walk on the water? He didn't say, Peter, don't you see this storm? Don't you see how silly this? Jesus didn't say that to him. The Lord's answer to a trusting heart is always filled with positivity. You know, Bible scholars, some of them can be hard on Peter here, but Jesus didn't reject his request. Jesus went on ahead and invited him after Peter asked this. And he says, come on. The disciples didn't get up and join Peter. But there was Peter. And, and we probably wouldn't have joined him either, I guess. But Peter does. Peter accepts that request. And he, he goes from fear to faith. In this moment uh, of the event. You know, faith is exciting. I've always said that. And, and I think about how wonderful it's going to be in glory one day. But there's no longer going to be faith in that day. You know, it's going to be sight. It's going to be the reward for our faith. 
But while we're here in this life and, and able to grow in faith and live by faith, which is something supernatural, it's nothing I never knew anything about for 30 years. I lived a certain way by, by what you see and, and, and what I could wrap this little mind around here. That's the way I lived. And then to come to the Lord Jesus and to live a life of faith. Christians ought to be more enthusiastic in their life of faith. You know, there, there's a big difference in faith and foolishness. I was taught coming up as, as a young Christian. But there is going to be some risk to faith. You know, I, I get real conservative uh, about faith in counseling some. When, when maybe it's not true faith that, that someone says leading them to do this and to do that. But there is some risk in faith. So as we consider fear in this and we also consider faith in this event, you might want to think about faith and, and the action that's in faith. We see action in faith here tonight. When Jesus tells Peter to come to him, can't you see him dropping his oar? Just really fast, immediately, and, and grabbing for the side of that boat to jump off the side of that boat and to go to him. I mean, if there weren't faith here, you know, this wouldn't be a portion of this event. This action is a result of faith. There's action in faith. But let us also consider, as we're picturing this event, let us consider adversity in faith. You know, something that is commonly speculated about here that we don't know about involves the disciples. What did the disciples do in this moment that, that Peter made this request to Jesus and Jesus said, come, and he goes and he drops his oar and he goes to get out of the boat immediately and go to him. What happens in that moment with the disciples? You know, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Maybe they tried to grab Peter and hold him back. You know, it's very possible to think of Thomas there as well as other disciples and them doubting, voicing their doubts to Peter as he is headed out. And we don't know about that, but, but whatever the case was, he still moved forward. And, and look, there are always going to be adversities when we live by faith. People aren't going to understand the steps we're taking and what we're doing sometimes when we live by faith. There was a decision that I had to make one time, and it was such a decision that I knew that I could not go to any... I've been blessed to always be, have been around a lot of wise Christians. And I've gone to them for advice and counsel and still do on many occasions. But there was a time that I knew I could not, I could not go try to squeeze the answer out of any child of God. That I had to make that... Uh, that I had to come up with that answer between me and the Lord... And the results of that answer, 
I knew, I didn't know what it was going to be yet, but I knew that many people probably wouldn't understand it. Many people would probably speak against me in the decision that I made, depending on which way it went. There's always going to be adversity when you're living by faith, but not just by something someone might say back, just simply the circumstances themselves. Jesus sent the disciples into this storm, into adversity, so they could grow in faith. It was a lesson on faith for them. Look, troubles do not excuse us from living for the Lord by faith. Troubles come along many times so that you and I will exercise our faith. We exercise our faith in time of trouble. We grow in faith in time of trouble when we look to the Lord. And as we think about that, let let us keep note of this point. That every time troubles come along, that does not mean we're out of the will of God. The disciples were in the will of God. They were obeying Jesus and following his command and then found themselves in a storm. Jesus sent them there and they were in his will. Know that, you know, we sometimes hit seek and search in our mind and and think about what's happening in our lives and what we're going through as to why this is happening. It must have been something that I did wrong. Well, sometimes that's the case. And many times that is not the case. You may be right smack center in the will of God and have adversity come into your life. And when we look to the Lord, we're going to grow in faith. There's adversity in faith. And, and again, kind of along the same lines, the appearance in faith. For, for Peter, many would say this is foolish. It was a foolish thing to request of the Lord. It was a foolish thing to try to do. You know, here's a little something in it, though. The disciples probably thought it was foolish, and they were in that boat in the storm. And Peter was looking to go to the Lord in that storm. You know, are they trusting the boat and he's trusting the Lord? I I don't see where this is as foolish as someone might say. But there's also assurance in in faith. You know, once, once Peter asked if he could go to him, he got the invite from Jesus. And Peter went off the side of the boat and into the sea into a sea that was made by the hands of Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fall and the sinking that went on, but let me just say right now that those very hands that made the sea, the one who invited Peter, is the one who caught Peter and kept him from completely sinking. There is assurance in faith. There is assurance that when we live by faith, Ultimately, all things are going to work out well. Heavy on the ultimately, because we might not understand along the way. We, we believe we've made a decision by faith that we're living in the will of God, and this is what we thought the Lord was going to do. But here's some hiccup that seems to come. Here's a bump in the road of some sort. Ultimately, though, ultimately, when we live by faith, 
then we are going to see that the Lord is doing great things. There, are, there is assurance in faith. Our lives are in the hands of God when we live by faith. So we see fear in this event and faith in this event. And of course, there's following in this event because Jesus has come to Peter and that's exactly what Peter did. He went and he walked on the water. It was short-lived, but what he did, no matter how many steps it was, for the human being to be able to do this, it took the power of Christ for that to happen. And that is exactly what Peter did. He walked on the water. Whether it's walking on the water or walking through a trial with the Lord, look, it's, it's exciting and a joy to walk by faith. The doubting disciples in the boat, for those seconds that Peter was walking on the water, there, there had to be that moment of delight because of the faith that they saw in action and what Jesus had done for them. And after the short walk, though, then we get to the place where, where people really park and talk about this, where he wilted, he sank. He walked a few steps, and then he sank. This could not have been the Lord's fault. This was Peter's fault that this happened. But why? Why did this happen? We see in verse 30, it says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Man, when Jesus first showed up, and when Peter knew it was Jesus, his attention was fully fixed on his Lord and Savior, and that was it. And he meant it when he asked if he could go walk to him, and he believed that he would be able to, but his attention went from being on the Savior to being on the storm. Man, when our attention's on the Savior, everything else looks so small. But when his attention went back to that storm, man, the storm seemed to rage even more. His focus went to the hindrance and away from the one who was going to give him help. It went from the promise Back to the problem. You know, worrying over a problem has never helped anyone with anything. You know, I know it's common and we've all, every single one of us in here have worried before. And, and so I try to be careful speaking hard on that. But, but, but worry is a sin. It doesn't help us in any way. I don't believe anyone here believes this, but there are believe, people who believe that they are showing that they care when they worry. And look, if you, you say, I love so, someone so much, I'm worried about them, that's not helping them at all. If you, to love someone and to do the best thing for them, it's to live by faith and go to the Lord with, with it. Worry never added one cubit to anybody's stature. But standing on the promises, that helps right there. What was coming down upon Peter by way of the storm, crashing on the boat, 
and coming down on his head. Look, that was under his feet while he looked to the Lord. But when the waves, the wind, and maybe the words of the disciples and their doubting consumed him, he was up to his neck again in the raging waters. And maybe someone's here tonight or listening in tonight, and, and maybe you're burdened by some trial or temptation in your life. Maybe it's a temptation to do wrong. The, the temptation is appealing. It's, it's right there, and, 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 and you're tempted. Or, or maybe it's someone that's struggling with, uh, I know I need to be more useful for the Lord. I need to make myself more available to Him and, and realize there are, there are a lot of things He can do with me. Or, or maybe it's a heaviness about something that you believe is coming in the near future. Look, the answer to all of these things, the best condition for us to be in for all of these things is to be in a condition of faith, that we are living by faith and trusting the Lord, laying hold on God's word and clinging to it. Have you ever had a problem and, and sat down and read a portion of God's word and there was a renewing of your mind that you knew only came from God's word in your life? And, and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The, the answer to these situations we get in is faith. To live by faith, to grow in faith. This is the answer for us in all of our struggles. In our time of struggle, and, and, and we're uneasy, we're, we're thinking about doing the wrong thing, we're thinking about handling something the wrong way, it's faith that's the answer. It's faith that we need. You know, it's not only the answer in our struggles, but it's also the answer if we're looking to self. How easy is that for you and I to regress back from trusting the Lord to having confidence in ourselves to do something? You know, it, it doesn't have to be the problem that gets in the way. It could be our pride that gets in the way. When we think I can handle this by myself, then we have a serious problem going on. If we proceed without faith, without living by faith, we are going to sink just the same as going through a problem and not living by faith. Our eyes can be taken off Christ by our advantages and our disadvantages in life. Uh, but let's consider now his falling. Peter has a message for us in his fall. And, and the first thing is a cover. As in there's no cover. He doesn't try to cover up his failure and his fall. He owned his fall straightforward and sincere with the Lord. He was sinking but he didn't try to conceal the matter. He was sinking. It was his fault. It was taking his focus off the Lord. It was looking away from the Lord and to his problem. And the result of that is he was sinking. 
And he did not try to conceal the matter. He didn't try to swim his way out of it. He did not try to scheme his way out of what happened. He threw himself upon the strength of Christ. And we see that by his calling out to the Lord. What a short but powerful prayer we have here from Peter. Where is that at? It's in verse 30. He cried saying, here's his prayer, Lord save me. His prayer was short and it was sincere And hey, when you think about it, this prayer was very revealing. It revealed a lot in just a few words. You know, just because a prayer is longer, that doesn't mean it's better. It actually might seem or it might be quite the opposite in a a longer prayer. But his prayer revealed conviction. And his prayer revealed confession You know, some, because of pride, will not reveal their matter. I'm not talking about saying the details uh, of anything, but but just not revealing that there's sin and shame. And, And that's a shame because Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. And that is what pride can cause us to do but Peter wasn't he was humble and he was straightforward before the Lord and he was rescued by God he didn't blame he didn't boast and he experienced the mercy of God don't cover it up he that covereth his sins shall not prosper But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And we see in this good lesson on Peter that that's exactly what happened for him. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For we live by faith and not by sight. We see that, we, we see the positive and negative of that with Peter. Not, not just the negative of it, we, we see Peter starting out with faith and the way things were going. And then, when, then we see the lack of faith. So we learn the lesson here, for we walk by faith and not by sight. To, to handle the matters and the, the adversity in life by faith and the difference that that makes in our lives and as we see this here tonight it it may be that every single one of us are are needing to move or be moved by God tonight on this matter because Jesus doesn't just invite Peter come come to me he invites all of us to come to him he invites all of us to come to him for salvation and he invites all of us to come to him in the matters of life, and to trust him by faith, to be led by faith in all that we do. To that, that fear, that has to be overcome by faith. If we are fearful in a situation, we're going to handle it the wrong way. I tell you, the answer 
the solution to all of these things. It's, it's a life of faith. And, and we learn this from Peter and, and, I don't know, we're talking about unfamiliar characters of the Bible. He's very familiar. But, but to dive into this, I've never heard it before. I've never preached this before, but, but we see it's in there. Kind of like ragu spaghetti sauce, their old slogan. They, they mention an ingredient. It's in there. Well, what we see here, hey, it's in there tonight. And I pray we can be encouraged by Peter that we would grow in faith, that we would live our lives by faith. And with that, we're going to close tonight. It was good to see everyone here tonight. Love you all, and it's, it's great to see you again after a whole week. I can't, I can't stand that, but, but it happens sometimes. And so I appreciate your prayers, and I'm praying for you. And I'm going to ask our guest, Brother Mike, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer, sir?